Today is the third Sunday of Advent. It's the Sunday that we light the joy candle. And perhaps your heart is already filling with joy as you listen to the glorious music that's been prepared for you in this video. Joy is indeed one of the greatest gifts of this season, and it's beautifully expressed in music. And joy is at the center of the proclamation of the gospel. When announcing Jesus' birth to the shepherds all those years ago, the angel pronounced, Behold, I bring you good news of a great joy for all people. The third candle of our wreath reminds us of that good news, of that great joy which comes to us at Christmas. God's people have always known this joy. Before Christ's coming and before any angel pronounced the Messiah, Hebrew scripture contains a refrain of joy from beginning to end for those who belong to God. And this morning, we're going to linger in one such song of joy, a song written by the prophet Zephaniah. Now, this song comes from the 7th century BCE, a dark time in the history of the people of Israel. Even so, there is joy. And Zephaniah begins his song like this. Sing aloud, O daughter Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgment against you. He has turned away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst, and you shall fear disaster no more. Sing aloud and rejoice. Exult with all your heart. The minor prophet Zephaniah speaks of forgiveness, of redemption, and release from fear in a time when God's people believed that they deserved punishment when things were beyond redemption, and when fear ruled the day. The destruction of their lives and the disaster of the exile, they were fresh in the minds of God's people. And yet, and yet this prophet in that setting sings a song of joy. Why? Because joy, biblical joy, the joy we celebrate at Christmas isn't about being happy and healthy though those are good things. And it isn't about being surrounded by friends and family, though, oh, wouldn't we love that to be the case right now? And it isn't even about things being good and fair and right and just, though that would be great. No, the joy that Scripture tells and sings of has one root, one cause, Zephaniah says it well in that last verse I read, the king of Israel, the Lord is in your midst. It's the presence of God that brings joy anywhere, anytime, and in any circumstance. And it's in reminding one another of God's presence that we share that joy with one another. I've loved watching our deacons at Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church call and write cards and deliver gifts to the doorstep of some of our most isolated church members. The pandemic has been brutal on some who live in senior care homes and who live alone. And our wonderful deacons call on the phone 
write cards and deliver devotional booklets and flowers and candles and candy week after week during this pandemic. Now, that's a nice thing to do, but the deacons don't do this to be nice. They do this to remind our isolated church members that they matter, that they are not forgotten, that their church is with them, that their God is with them. They do this because such presence banishes fear and sorrow. Friends, I don't know about you, but I could use some joy right about now. And the joy of Christmas, it really boils down to God coming close to us, very present to us in Jesus. Good news of great joy for all people. Joy amidst loneliness, joy amidst illness, and joy amidst sorrow, joy even in the middle of a global pandemic. Poet Anne Weems says it best, not celebrate, your burden is too great to bear, your loneliness is intensified during this Christmas season, your tears have no end, not celebrate, you should lead the celebration. You should run through the streets to ring the bells and sing the loudest. You should fling the tinsel on the tree. For it is you above all others who know the joy of Advent. It is for you that the Savior is born this day. One who comes to lift your burdens from your shoulders. One who comes to wipe the tears from your eyes. You are not alone, for he is born this day for you. Amen. The prophet Zephaniah's song continues with these words. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior who gives victory. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in his love. He will exult over you with loud singing as on a day of festival. I will remove disaster from you so that you will not bear reproach for it. When you imagine God, what do you imagine? What do you picture with your mind's eye? Is God a king seated on a heavenly throne? A loving father with arms open wide. A mother hen snuggling her chicks underneath her wings. Perhaps you picture the baby Jesus lying in a manger or Christ on his cross. Certainly there's more than one right answer. The prophet Zephaniah pictured God as a warrior. The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior who gives victory. At the hands of their enemies, the people Israel had suffered mightily. But they had an even mightier God on their side. They lived in a violent world. They lived as we do in tumultuous times. But with the Lord among them, there was no need to fear. Still, you may have noticed that for Zephaniah, this image of God as a warrior, it's not enough. His theology takes a surprising turn. You see, God might be a fighter, but God is also 
a lover. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in his love. He will exult over you with loud singing as on a day of festival. Now, when you imagine God, do you imagine that? Does your theology embrace a God who gleefully belts out love songs just for you? When my mother was a young woman, she studied voice and taught music, and she has never lost her love of singing in the years since. Sometimes when my brothers and I were growing up, my mom would sing in the church choir, but more often she was in the pew with us, and we would elbow her for singing the hymns too loudly. Even though she was always beautifully on key, even though the people sitting in the pew in front of us would compliment her, we were embarrassed. It was too much. But you know what? My mom never once conceded to us. With a smile and a wink, she would sing even louder and with greater gusto, and no amount of sighing or eye-rolling on our part made any difference at all. In the end, there was nothing to do but to go with it and to start singing our hearts out, too. The third Sunday of Advent, as you've already heard, is about joy. In such a time as this, in a time of global pandemic and economic crisis, in a time of isolation and anxiety and personal loss, we may struggle to claim joy. If you're anything like me, in the past few weeks, you might have forced a smile. Maybe you've been telling people, I'm fine, hoping they believe you. Perhaps you've been preparing for Christmas and going through the motions, but without any of your usual pep. I cannot manage to inhabit this word joy. It's hard for me to feel it. You know, joy was never something that I was going to achieve. What the prophet Zephaniah has reminded me is that joy is divine. It originates with God, God's love for us. It's this over-the-top, irrepressible song that just won't stop. Even if we roll our eyes, even if we cover our ears and refuse to sing along, God's joyful delight in us it's still there. It's still there. All we can do this year is to lower our defenses even a little bit. To listen even a little bit. Who knows? A joyful noise has a way of echoing back. The choir just sang over all of us, oh, tidings of comfort and joy. I want to imagine it's like a wave coming over all of us who are worshiping together today, and it is giving us this chorus to join in, this joyful chorus. But I haven't felt that joyful, friends. One of my friends told me last week, that joy is the discipline of perception. My family and I have been rather isolated the past two weeks as we have been battling with the virus. 
And so it's been a battle for me every day to experience comfort and joy. I haven't really felt it washing over me. I wonder if I am not perceiving it in the correct way. And then I read the closing part of Zephaniah's song to prepare for this little sermon today. And I am reminded who always has the power to bring joy to our lives. Listen to the prophet's words. I will deal with all your oppressors at that time. And I will save the lame and the outcast and I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. At that time, I will bring you home at the time when I gather you. For I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. Five times in this short little closing, we hear God say, I will. I will deal with your oppressors. I will save and gather the sick and the marginalized. I will change people's shame into praise. I will bring you home. I will make you renowned and praised. The author of every action in this song is God. It's not me. It's not our circumstances. The author of joy is not me. It's not our circumstances. Joy is the discipline of perception, especially in difficult times. Week after week, adults and high schoolers give up their time generously to walk alongside children and students through our family ministry programs on Sunday morning and during the week. They meet them for coffee. They show up in their driveways and play games with them. I continue to be so amazed at the ways that our family ministry staff and volunteers have risen to the occasion since the pandemic has come. So a few months ago, the seventh grade JAM Bible study group met here for a bonfire at our house. After they had been here a few minutes, I peeked out because I wanted to check on them. Well, let's be honest, I kind of wanted to spy and make sure that at least my own child was behaving. And they had separated into two groups. At the bonfire were all the boys and their leaders and, and they were, you know, burning things and eating things that they had burned and, and just laughing. It was pure joy. There was no room for anyone to feel left out. And then closer into the house, the leader, Devin Turney, of the girls' group, she had brought a stack of paper for these girls to make paper airplanes. And they threw these airplanes around our yard and giggled and laughed. They were gathered together and literally before me, the prophet's words were being lived out. This group of folks gathered together 
no one was left out. Any shame from the troubles of middle school, which you and I both know is present. Any shame had been turned into praise. And before my very eyes, I was able to perceive it right then and there. Joy. Friends, joy is present in our world. I pray that as you continue to listen to the songs on this beautiful Christmas music Sunday, but also the songs that you hear over this Advent season, friends, that it may wash over you in such a way that we might be able to practice this discipline of perception and experience it, experience the joy that is in God. May it be so in my life and in yours.